1: You can't stop me. Nothing's gonna stand in my way. Nothing, nothing. nothing. I'm gonna fly higher. I'm
2: gonna fly higher.
0: higher.
2: Welcome to the Donald Thompson podcast. My guest today is Joe Bunn, and many of you may know the name through social media and different things, but you've probably attended events where Joe Bunn and his production company have been the DJ of choice. Joe, welcome to the program.
1: What's up, Donald? Thanks for
2: having me, man. Hey, no worries. One of the things that I like to do is, is we chat with folks and, and, and build out the, the dialogue for the, for the program. Tell us something about you that we wouldn't find on LinkedIn or we wouldn't find on social media. Let's
1: think, that's a great question to start with. Uh, people always think it's interesting. My middle name is Eagles. So I always get uh, why, why, why? And <laughs> as, as much as I want to say, it's because, you know, my dad was from Philadelphia, or that my mom loved the Eagles, or Glenn Fry, or Don Henley. It's just a family tree name, you know. Oh, that's cool.
2: That That's pretty interesting. And so when
1: we went to name my son, you know, I wanted to give him that middle name as well, and somehow somebody unearthed this bun family tree, <laughs> and it was a name. <laughs> There was a kid on, or a, a person's name on there named Littleberry, Littleberry Bun. And so we started this rumor when, you know, when my wife was pregnant, that we were going to name one of our kids Littleberry. And I think it, like people actually believed us. Littleberry Bun was going to be uh, a real thing.
2: <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's a good name. So when you think about a DJ, you think about someone that throws parties. When you think about having a good time, you think about, Music being an escape, right? All the things mm-hmm. that we enjoy mm-hmm. uh, as individuals, well, independent of genre and different things, but most mm-hmm. people enjoy and can get into different music genres that they grew up with that mm-hmm. they feel close to. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that drove you to grow a business mm-hmm. first? Just something that you were a DJ on the weekends that you made it a career mm-hmm. and then have built a business out of it. Where's that transition? How did that? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know. You, people pick up passions and interests and hobbies from different areas, you know, whether your, your friend fishes, or, you know, in my case, my parents love music, you know, neither, neither were musicians, but, you know, through the seventies, I mean, I I was born in 71. So, you know, through the seventies, they had albums and, you know, they had tons tons albums, just shelves of albums in the house, just pulling out random albums and looking at the cover, putting it on. They always had the radio in, on in the car we had this Brown Buick bomb. That's what my mom called it. And we always, she always had music on, you know, and their era was more like the, the Motown stuff, the soul music, like that was, they weren't really like the classic rock, like Stones Beatles. They were, they were Motown. They were Detroit, you know, even though they grew up right here in, in the South and in, in North Carolina, and then I just took that and, and, you know, realized I loved music and then obviously added, you know, through the 80s, started adding my own stuff to it. And, you know, one thing leads to another. And next thing you know, some DJ is going out of business in your town and you're taking it over. And so how, how did I get to, you know, the business level? And, and I guess it, it really was after I did several other things that weren't DJ or music related and they were failures then I came back to what I always knew. And I always preach that so much when I go talk at these colleges, I'm like, if you get into something as an entrepreneur that you're not passionate about, like I had to, I did real estate, hated it, worked for Red Bull, hated it, worked for Camel Cigarettes, hated it. Like I did other little things, but I had zero passion. And so I always came back to the music and that's when I realized it was a scalable business. And I, and I, you know, I look back on history and just kind of kick myself that I didn't do it right out of college. You know, I think I, I burned about six years on other things that were just not profitable. <laughs> hey, not only were they not profitable, they were just straight up money
2: losers. Hey, listen, I've had several of those, man. Mm-hmm. My, my thing was I decided I was going to buy an arena sports team and I might, as well, I, I might as well have just taken wads of money and lit them on fire. Right, and just put that on YouTube, and it would have made me. More you would have generated revenue, right. right? Especially
1: in this day and age. Especially if you were like 19 with like a like a giant afro. Like it, it needs more elements. It needs to be like a 19-year-old you with a giant afro lighting piles of cash on fire.
0: On fire. Dress on. up
1: as the Joker from the Dark night. I just solved your entire debt problem right there.
0: Exactly right.
2: Hey, creative. Insight on tap, right? That's a new thing we can do. We can do later. But to your point, film that. Yeah, to your point, right? The failures ground you. Yeah. Right, humble you, and kind of help you figure out your your true true. That's true. That's true,
1: man. I don't know that I would be where I am today without all the the failures.
2: Did the failures, and I'll I'll give my perspective. But how did you emotionally take the failures? Some people are pretty you know, like that, that baseball home run hitter, right. That really can block out the strikeouts. They just get back in the batter's box. Mm -hmm. Some people take an emotional dip and need to rebound. Like how did you deal with things that didn't work right emotionally as an individual and then get back in the saddle again?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the only time it really took me out was when I, when I was like victimized when I basically got squandered out of money by a partner, hence why I've never had a partner in anything I've ever done since. You know it was i think i was trying to grow the dj company and also doing flipping houses in a in a hot market you know small stuff hundred thousand you know type houses flip them make 50 and i just didn't have my eye on the money didn't have my eye on the project and that guy was just robbing me blind that i was in it with and i was angry I distinctly and I'm still angry. Like if I saw that, this was 20 years ago. If I saw that guy in the street today, I'd punch him right in the face. I'm still angry. Obviously, I mean, I I would literally punch the guy in the face in a restaurant and probably go to jail. But the other ones were just, you know, man, let's sweep it under the rug, chalk it up as a life lesson, and keep it moving. But that one, that one stung.
2: Yeah, I think you know, for me, and and I guess that's part of the entrepreneur journey, right? Who do you yeah. trust? Who do you work? Yeah. Sure. Because I've certainly had some instances that things could have gone better. Yeah. uh, Things, there wasn't a hole in the bag with somebody who was holding the bag other than you. Yeah. Right. And it uh, was,
1: I remember the accountant that year, you know, said, Oh, bring your stuff in. And, you know, we just don't just pile of receipts on this guy's desk. Called a week later. He said, I've seen children run popsicle stands better than this. And I was like, wow. That was, uh, (laughs) that's when I knew that we had really messed that up.
2: When you are, the franchising a DJ business. Yeah. Like, give, give me some insight, <laughs> insight there, right? Like the reason well, for pause is both admiration. Yeah. Like that's, that's unique.
1: Yeah. So now, you know, like we, we have six offices in five different states and I would almost call it a licensing agreement more than a franchising agreement. And I'll say that the success is based truly upon the fact that all of the owners worked here at one time. So in other words, it's it's unknowingly the same principle as Chick-fil-A. You know, Chick-fil-A, you can't have a Chick-fil-A franchise unless you work in it. You know, if, if Donald wants that Chick-fil-A at, at Cameron Village, they're going to make you work there. Like if you had just unlimited cash, wanted a Chick-fil-A, you were a billionaire and wanted 10 of them, they're going to make you work in that system. And that's, you know, maybe why this, I think it is why it worked is every one of them other than my sister who has the newest office out in montana worked for this company at one time and they just came to me and said look we love working for you joe or or they had worked for me in the past but we want to be bigger and i was like well not in raleigh and they were like no no we'll we'll go somewhere else you know either they had family ties somewhere else or you know they they were drawn to a certain you know region or whatever or they were already living there. And I just said, man, I'll give you the blueprint and I think you can be successful. You know, no, and that's, so that's powerful. it's not a, you know, it's not a super moneymaker for me, but I think I'm more proud of the fact that I started careers for many, many people, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and not only the owners, but all the people that work under them. And it's just, it's really something I'm proud of.
2: And, and you should be. And I think one of the things when you put your own money in your own time, effort, sweat, equity in to not only take care of you, but build mm-hmm. right careers and mm-hmm. and jobs. And that means people are paying mortgages and car payments. And mm-hmm. be, because of that goal and vision that you had. And yeah. you know, as we look, beautiful. At, we look at the economy and, and politicians all the time want to take credit for growing jobs, but small businesses and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. right, grow more jobs than big corporations or that government ever could. Sure. So that's, that's super powerful. Let's pivot a little bit and talk Mm -hmm. about some of the things that are happening in the world. And Mm -hmm. I'd love your opinion. You know, obviously we've got together and and we're on video together. I'm an Mm African-American male. You're a a white male. We have a Mm -hmm. different life experience. There's a lot going on. You were in the New York times talking about how the wedding industry has been impacted right by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right. By Black Lives Matter, all the different Mm -hmm. things like that. Give me a sense of how you're viewing some of the macroeconomic things that are happening in our world today.
1: And that article was was very interesting. And and, you know, as you know, this is this is really in, in our lifetime or in my lifetime, you know, this is the most powerful movement we've seen for Black Lives Matter you know, and it's, and it's ongoing. Like, so this really, that that article came out right after the George Floyd incident. And since we've had more injustices, as you know, but the movement, you know, I'm happy to say has not stopped. In fact, I think it's, I think it's still picking up steam, you know, sometimes violently, but most of the time, worldwide you know so you probably watched the game last night right so you know what happens at the beginning they have this whole moment of unity the nfl's behind it you probably watched maybe even the lakers game last night what does the court say black lives matter like the jerseys have you know sayings on the back or people's names that have that have been unjustly killed you know like it's happening now and this has been months since the george floyd thing so I kind of jumped off topic, but I, I'm glad to see that, that something that could have been an article that came and went in the New York times. Again, I didn't necessarily influence many people, but that this, this thing is still going. And that article was interesting because the, the headline almost made it seem like we had been ostracized for speaking up these people in the wedding industry. And in fact, my picture if you saw the article uh, was in it because there were two young ladies i think that were mentioned in the article in the original picture that came out in the digital edition before the sunday paper was them And then the next thing I know, I get a phone call and they said, oh, they thought it was bad for business, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you can put my picture in the New York Times right now. Right now. They were like, it's going to be color and it's going to be big. And I was like, dude, put me in the paper. Like, I I I want to be seen and I want to be heard. Put my picture in there. So sure enough, you know, the paper comes out on Sunday and you open up that section and there I am. And, but I guess my point is, you know, number 1 if it had affected business man i hate to be so callous i don't care you know what i mean because i i was very select with my words i was very specific about what i said i thought a long time before i made the post you know not a long time but you know uh, within 48 hours after things really started to escalate you know, after the, after the George, George Floyd incident. And she didn't really, she asked me this question, but I didn't really get to convey it. So I'll convey it on your show. Like I honestly felt like an internal pull, like somebody had tied a a rope around my waist and was pulling me into this conversation or into this movement, into this, into action. And as soon as I made the post, it it just, it exploded, but in a good way. You know what I mean? And again, if anybody had anything negative to say, they kept it to themselves or they just unfollowed me. And again, I didn't really care. But there were multiple people from girls I went to high school with, African-American to middle-aged white guys like myself, to teenagers that said, especially to DJs which we'll probably talk about later you know thousands and thousands of DJ followers on all my accounts that said we were waiting for you
0: they mm-hmm. were
1: that was the exact quote we were waiting for you and what's crazy is i knew that like that like something in my like i said that there was a pull towards this this movement and i knew i needed to be in it you know and if you go back you you won't see that kind of stuff from me ever really. I don't talk about politics. And 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 it wasn't a it's still not. It's not a political thing. It's just what's right, what's good, what's human. You know, it has not I didn't mention Donald Trump, Joe Biden, anybody. I don't, I don't, I never will, and I don't mention religion. I don't I don't, you know, I'm not one of those guys that makes these posts and like throws gasoline on it and then just walks away and watch the world burn. You know, that's just not the way I operate. And I don't even get involved in those comments. I don't have time for it. You know what I mean? And I was, I I don't even necessarily think I was worried about what the comments were going to be. I just knew that this, these were, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm going to speak about it. No, that's and not. i'm sure i just went like way off whatever no list. man
2: you just you just spoke from the heart but she
1: didn't give me a chance to she asked me this you know about this and then didn't give me enough enough article to just to, to really convey what i'm what i meant and so anyway now it's on the donald thompson podcast for the world
2: for the world and that's all <laughs> and that's all good and, and no you you did handle it completely because you spoke from the heart in and what your pull was and I yeah. mean, to the thing that people ask me often is Don, mm-hmm. as an African American, how are you dealing in these moments? Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the things that's difficult is that, you know, as a business person, you have a business to run and different things. And so you do do the calculus. Sure. In terms of if I say this, could be yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What, what we're doing. And you have these employees and different things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what I believe most about people is that human decency should be on everybody's agenda
1: a Thousand
2: percent. and if we can't get with that together mm-hmm. then we shouldn't work together in any capacity right right like we just like you said there's there's politics here there's the red blue all this yeah. stuff but yeah like this this is so big much bigger than that because what we're talking about is the human decency that we should all have as a human right to feel safe in our community sure you feel safe by our elected officials and our law sure. enforcement. And if we can't agree that that is egregious, sure, then we got to move on to a different kind of line of work, different from each other. And, yeah. In, I
1: couldn't agree more, man. It's, it, listen, I feel like it's just, it, it's a problem that's gone on too long. You know what I mean? I feel like, unfortunately, there will always be some people that are racist I think their grandparents taught their parents and that parent teaches that kid and the way they talk about people and the way they treat people. Unfortunately, I think it's a passed down thing. And I think there will, there will forever be racism, but I think that the generations that are growing up now are able to start to separate from their grandparents and parents they're able to make their own thoughts. They don't have to adapt to that senselessness. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't, I just I don't I never got it. I never understood it. I'll never understand it. It just doesn't compute in my DNA. But I feel like it is a passed down trait and the 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 good news is though I think what's happening now is making can change minds i'm not saying i'm not saying that there's it 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 has to get better quite frankly you know what i mean and and again i I was i've said it before i think i said it in that post like the the number of times i've been pulled over let's see i'm 49 next week i started driving i was 16 so for 33 years i probably have been pulled over 25 times And at no point ever from when I was a child or when I was a grown man, did I ever feel like I was in jeopardy of losing my life. Yep. Period. I knew I was going to get a ticket. I was probably pissed off about it, but I never felt that feeling. And I don't know
2: that you would say the same. No, my number is 14, 14 times I've been stopped. Seven times were great. I, I either had a ticket or did what you know sure, it was sure. fine. Mm-hmm. And and seven of the times over the years, three of three of those seven were interesting. So just a loud, a loud talk, mm-hmm. drop the N-word, different things like that. Ooh. But no, but but I wasn't in, you know, you know, slow your blah 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 ass down, right? Mm-hmm. That that kind of thing, which I can deal with. Cause yeah. I'm going to go home at night. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then there were a couple of situations in my life that I'll never forget. Wow. Right. Like I'll, I'll share one with you as we get, sure. your, I'll, I'll share one with you. Sure. And this wasn't in a vehicle. This is, I was, I was on a flight from Boston, came back to Raleigh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. into my little house and mm-hmm. take off my suit, putting on my little, pants get ready to go to bed My little Mm -hmm. boxers Mm
0: -hmm.
2: all all's good from a business trip get a knock on the door blue lights outside my house Mm. and uh, several police officers outside my house said we have a warrant for your arrest whoa and I said uh, okay and I'm standing I'm just standing in, in the door kind of frozen
0: yeah yeah
2: and I said what's this about we have a warrant for your arrest for threatening somebody's life this this that and the other And then they, they literally started to push into the, into, to the house. The thing that happened in that instance is I looked the officer in the eye and I said, can you give me 10 seconds? I need to say something to you. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And they, and they stopped hands on, on their, on their weapons. A lot of like, like the most aggressive language that you can imagine.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I said, you got the wrong guy. There's a mistake. Whatever you're looking for, it is not me. If I'm in that car in bracelets, we have a much larger problem. If you just slow down for a minute, mm-hmm. we can make this better.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And one of the officers that came up in the back said, can I use your telephone? And the other one was still on me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so he picks up the phone. They call the magistrate. They had the wrong address. Oh, my. They said, sir, we apologize. We got to go. Somebody's going to be in touch with you. And they booked it to somewhere else. But the thing that I'll never forget is what if I had mirrored their language? Yeah. If I had mirrored their tone? Yeah. We would not. There's a chance I would not. You're not here. I'm not here. Wow. Right. And so in my in my mind, like even talking about it right now, in my mind, yeah, yeah. I just had enough
1: mm.
2: confi- I, I don't know what it was because mm. I was afraid. Like it wasn't it wasn't yeah, a, yeah. some kind of tough guy. Right? Yeah, no, right. With, with that kind of situation, but I just had enough sense of trying to be calm. Slow, and,
1: slow it down and say, I think it, there's a mistake.
2: Slow it down and yeah. by the grace of God. One of those officers said, just looked me in the eye and said, mm-hmm. can I use your phone? And they called and they double checked the warrant and they they made some mistakes, but it was one of the craziest nights of mm-hmm. my life. Now I was not injured. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But also your, your, you're your wits, you know what I mean? It almost saved you like, and you're probably yeah. not a, a violent person. And some of the people in the story of the past year have, uh, um, mental instability let's say there, there's something a, right. a little bit off right yeah, exactly off. and so they're approached you know blah 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 shut your mouth blah 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 and then immediately you know something goes off and they're they're violent or they talk back you know like we have you have friends like that I have friends like that Perfect. and then it just escalates boom 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 and then the next thing you know they're not here anymore
2: they're, they're not here anymore and you know Anyway, I wanted to, you mentioned that I wanted to share that because you're right, right? There's, I haven't had as many experiences, many, I've had a privileged life in many regards. Yeah. Um, But those moments never leave you. Mm -mm.
1: Yeah. It's scarring.
2: And, and, and creates that, that difference. And I think that it's, it's hard when you express yourself fully when a society doesn't understand and says, that's not real. Right, 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 and yeah. in, in terms of, of of how things are and how things are done, and that doesn't. You have many friends that are in law enforcement that are doing it right. Same. I have opportunities where law enforcement have been a blessing in my life and helpful. Same. I'm not talking about any of that. No nope. My thing is, we should be unified to address those in law enforcement in positions of power that aren't doing it right.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's just there's absolutely. bad apples there's bad apples in any job i mean i mean i went and toured a factory today i guarantee i go through there and you know weed out the problem people i mean you there's bad apples in every field they just don't need to be out there on the streets, man. Right. <laughs> <Put> them, <true. laughs> can they be, you know, let them, let them do the, the, the desk work or, you know, run copies or try, right. and, make them, <laughs> try and make the fax machine work again. Or I mean, damn, I, I just, they don't, they can't be out there. Yeah. Just and, not, not the,
2: and not with guns and tasers. No, and man. That's, you know that's what I mean? a, oh man. It's just not the right job for you. So what are, what are some of the things you mentioned a couple things that, that, people can change mm-hmm. one of the things that gives me hope is young people same that's um, what I
1: was saying yeah
2: what are some of the things that give you hope for the future
1: <laughs> as as all as much negativity as the internet has I think there's a lot of positivity in it you know I think messages are spread faster I think that kids you know being a, a father of a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old that I think that they are able to not only see how I act and see the things that I post, but they are able to see, and and I've, I've been very, you know, open with them about what's going on, you know. As you can imagine, they don't sit down and watch, you know, Fox News or CNN, but they are very dialed into the internet and, you know, I've walked in on them watching things on YouTube that were in the thread of something else that they were watching that was probably not even relevant. You know what I mean? That, that, that a video about a news story popped up. So there are good things on the internet to educate. And I, and I believe, you know, in parenting, I believe in, in the messaging that's, on the things that they're watching. You know, Davis was sitting right there last night and watched that football game. He saw all the players walk out. You know, he understands, and and I understand. I even thought about that last night. Okay, so Texans didn't come out of the locker room, actually, for the anthem, and, you know, some of the Chiefs were kneeling and so on. I, I'll be honest with you, Donald, I didn't get that when Kaepernick did it. I, I It was lost on me. I'm not even – and so that was – Four years ago, I guess yep it was lost on me I was like I, I just don't get it I, I, I was like I, is this disrespectful what's going on like th- it was so jarring and confusing that it, it took me not till this year but a, a really a couple years to like what what did he really do and, and literally at the end of the day sacrificed his entire career for it still doesn't play and I guarantee he's a lot better than most quarterbacks in the NFL presently yeah. playing. It That's cost right. him you know, cost him everything, and so, but I didn't get it then. I'll be completely honest, and now I'm just like, man, I get it, I get it
2: i I you know one of the things that and I don't know Kaepernick personally, but yeah, I am happy to see in his lifetime, yeah, that his perspective is now better understood me right? too, because me because too it was during that time years ago it, it the debate was yeah sure flag, military patriotism yeah yeah and what the flag is supposed to stand for the flag that i stand for sure is supposed to mean the brighter future we have together mm-hmm. and to be able to fight for protesting peacefully which is what was done but he was vilified as if he had burned down 10 buildings
1: yeah oh no it was yeah he right? was
2: ostracized yeah. like literally. yeah i mean and- vanished Right? But but the peaceful protest, even if we don't agree with the protester, is supposed to be what we want to protect. And it, his stance actually, it highlighted the hypocrisy that we live in so much in our country. Mm-hmm. Because people agree with protest for causes they agree with. But then there's a whole nother set of standards, right, for a cause that they don't understand or agree with. Sure. And, and that is, that is pretty, pretty interesting. You mentioned parenting mm-hmm. and my, my kids are, are a little bit older than yours. Mm-hmm. So you've got young kids that are trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. How are you talking to them about some of these things? What are some of the examples that you're using? What are they thinking and, and, and saying? You know,
1: I think what's interesting is, well, when they did go to school.
2: Right. <laughs> <Yeah, Brad. laughs> It's
1: one of you know I've always and I and for p- people that are listening and have their kids in private school don't take this the wrong way but I I love I love public school because I think it I think it's what made me into who I am I think it is why I can talk to anybody I don't care how old you are I don't care what race you are I don't care what country you came from public school is the most diverse group of people you can put in one room for an entire year and you get to know everybody you know and they come home with different lingo and they come back with different clothes and they and i'm like they're getting this not from me but from kids at school and i don't know who they are You know, and I don't really care, but I just know that like they're picking up, they're becoming young men from little things that they learn at school, as well as the lessons I teach them and as well as life experiences, you know. And I think that they are acutely aware of racism. In fact, this is a crazy story. Last year, my son got off the bus. He was walking home. And he had on some expensive shoes. And this kid came up to him. He lives in our neighborhood, a white kid. And he said, Where, where'd you get the off-white sneakers? Colin said, I bought them. He said, you, you bought $500 sneakers? And Colin said, yeah. He said, how? He said, I'm a DJ, like my dad. And he said, isn't that what n-words do? <laughs> and my son walked in and he told me that story. And it was all I could do not to go find that little punk and beat his ass. <laughs> Uh, but it, it bothered him. It bothered Colin and it, and it pissed me off more than anything. And I, I knew his parents I, and I saw him and I, I mentioned it to him. Um, I didn't call him up, but the next time I saw him, I said, Hey, I just, you know, just want you to know what, what kind of young man you're raising. He said this to my son. Oh, I don't, I don't, that I'm sure he didn't mean it. And I was like, it's, that's a verbatim quote, ma'am. You know, that's exactly what he meant. And, So, you know, it's shocking, jarring, everything else, but it just, it almost proves some of the points that I've made to him, you know, that it exists, why it exists, why things are the way they are right now. You know, if coronavirus isn't enough, now we've got, you know, all this racial injustice is coming to a head. Like this is a crazy year and we're all living through it. You know what I mean? And so it's just conversations like that that have, that have needed to be had. I, I think it's easier with my older, you know what I mean? And my younger is just, um, a little more sheltered, I guess so far.
2: Yeah, no, that makes sense. No, I appreciate you sharing that. When you look ahead at 2021, what are you excited about? Whether it's business life, when you think about the the future, what are some of the things that, that you're pushing for?
1: Man, I really just, I just want the world to reset. I mean, I know that, you know, the coronavirus thing mainly just please give us some sort of vaccine or cure or like, can we just get immunity from it? We've just, we got to get rid of that first. Like that's problem A. I I, Uh, racial injustice is a bigger problem, but that that's going to be a little bit longer solve this. We've got to get rid of the virus and we just got to get back on track business wise, you know, from the restaurants to the mom and pops to the, you know, there's not many people thriving right now. It, it ain't a great time to be a DJ. Um, right. It's a it's a great time to have Amazon stock or have the last name Bezos or be an ex-wife to Jeff Bezos. It's good times for that. Or Peloton, like the 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 bike company. There's a few people crushing it, but not a lot. And so I just want to get rid of that and get back to business. You know, seeing my friends suffer through this in the small business world is just heartbreaking. Yeah. We, and so I'm excited to, I don't know. I, I just, I wish I knew more about the vaccine and where we were and how how can we really fast track it. You know what I mean? I just, uh, that's, that's where I I wish I knew more about medicine and things like that. But, and that's what I'm excited about just to get back on track, get these people that had to reschedule and rebook us back, you know, get their weddings in the books, you know, make them happy and let them have the wedding that they wanted and not the 25 people, you know, on the back porch of their home kind of thing. You know, I just, I think think that's right. I mean, we,
2: we we talked a lot about the the racial component and entrepreneurship, but like mm-hmm. I don't want to let the show go that there's a lot of different industries, mm-hmm. people that are hurting in a financial way, mm-hmm. right? It, it, because mm-hmm. of COVID, I appreciate sure. you mentioning that. Yeah, and you know, there's some businesses. I'm very fortunate in our digital marketing space that we're we've been hit, yeah, but we've not been destroyed. Same, right? Like like we we've we've experienced some some pullback, right? Like Same. We're, we're not loving every minute, but like Same. we can still fight. We're pushing forward. Same times, you know, a nickel profit is a huge win. Yep. When it could have went the other way. It's, but it's, it's survival
1: off. mode. 100%. Yeah. We are straight up in survival mode right now, you know, running lean, cutting what expenses you can and just make it to
2: the end of this, this, the virus. That's exactly right. Last thing on the, on the virus and, and I know you don't get into a lot of politics, so I'm not going to try to lead you there, but I, yeah. I do have a simple, but I have a simple question. Is the
1: question. Will the virus end on November 4th? No. <laughs> that, no. Seem, that seems
2: to be the consensus. Yeah. No, the, <laughs> the, the question is how is a country and a society and you, as a DJ, you interact with all different kinds of people, all sure. different types of weddings, backgrounds, yeah, DJs, different types of music, which is a, uh, a, a consolidation of backgrounds and people and ethnicities sure but we made masks political how did that how, de- how, how did how did that even compute it like,
1: doesn't it's not supposed to
2: <laughs>
1: if nothing else it's just a respect thing it just i don't understand how that became politicized is that a word politicized it is in fact i think the only other you know I know that the questionable post or or, or hot topic post, if you will, that I made all year was about, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the mask and you should too. That was it. That was between that and the, and the black lives matter. Those were my two things and neither of them again are political. They're just right. what's right. You know, is it an inconvenience? Yes. yes. Does it suck? Yes. D- you know, Am I trying now to figure out if people are, you know, mean mugging me or they're smiling at me? Yes. Half the time I don't even know who people are when they address me. Like I don't know your eyes that well. Identify yourself. Like I don't like it any more than you do, but it is honestly just a sign of respect. And if people are saying it works and it's going to get us to the end faster, I'll wear a damn blindfold at this point and, walk, and walk around with a, I mean, if, if, if that's what it takes to get to the end, count me in, man. I mean,
2: that, that is beautiful. And I'm gonna, I want to end our segment on that, yep. right? If we all work together and do those simple things, mm. and then there'll be plenty of time to fight about the other stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: But if we don't do these simple things, it's making it a longer term problem every day.
1: I had no idea it was going to go this long. I'll be honest with you. I remember in March, I was like, Oh, July, we'll be back, back in the game. No, no, not so much.
2: <laughs> Joe, thanks for spending time with me. It was great to get to know you a little bit. Better. Absolutely,
1: man. This was a pleasure.
2: Appreciate Just like the openness and the, and the out there and, and more than anything else, the, the business, there's a lot of ways to be successful, but you seem to be doing it in a way that's given back to people that have given to you and and being your true self and doing it which is a total blessing so thanks for being on the show and i've enjoyed talking to
1: you you too man thanks for having me so much
2: this podcast is edited and produced by earfluence if you're looking for more information on how full service podcast production can amplify your voice build your community visit earfluence.com Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon on the Donald Thompson podcast.